Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? SummerSlam 2021 is in the rearview mirror. What a week in wrestling. We had some crazy, crazy surprises, returns, um, shocking twists and turns. We're going to get into it and uh, and discuss everything that happened. But first, let me introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? Doing good. Um, guys, I don't know, Marco and Seth, if you guys know this, but this is our one-year anniversary as a Hell trio yeah. For the Chick Foley show. So you you and I and Marco have sat down, you know, numerous times in this past year and recorded the Chick Foley show. So happy anniversary, guys. It's crazy. It's been, uh, it doesn't seem like it's been, in some ways, I feel like it's longer than a year. And in some ways, I'm like, man, how has it already been, you know, 365 days? I know. Days I kind of feel like it's always like, yeah. been like this. This like feels like, you know, natural and organic and I, I love it. So cheers, you guys. Yeah, here, here's to at least one more. I think we at least got one more year in us. But oh, man, that's, we'll see. that sounds cryptic. <laughs> Marco, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. You doing even better now that I know it's a it's a one year anniversary of our of this of this trio that we got going on. I so know, I should have brought some cake. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. man, drink up. Yeah, well, I mean, we also have uh, we got some guest stars with us tonight. We got the two bad chads from Turnbuckle Tavern, our fellow Pod yes. Foundation members. Love these guys so much. Uh, we discovered their show back in uh, January of this year. They came aboard the Pod Foundation, and these guys, like, they got something for everyone. Like, if you can't find some content from these guys that you enjoy, I, I really have to question if you're a wrestling fan or not. Yeah. Uh, we affectionately refer to them as the Two Bad Chads uh, for the purpose of, of, of communication on this podcast. We're going to have Chad, and we're going to have Sneed. Uh, we'll kick it off with Sneed, man. How you doing tonight? Hey, guys, man. Thanks for having us on. Super pumped to be here, and I feel honored that I'm here on the one-year anniversary of the trio. <laughs> it's a party. We wanted to make sure it was festive, so we had to make sure we brought in some guests. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then, Chad, how's life in West Virginia, man? Awesome, man. It's crazy because I remember tagging Chick Foley in some of our posts way mm-hmm. back when, and you know, I was just tagging people, other podcasts, trying to get some likes, and then Sheena sends us the Pod Foundation offer, and we're to be the AEW yeah. uh, fam in part in the Pod Foundation. We were stoked, so it's it's pretty cool to be on the show today with you guys. Oh, uh, we yeah, are so definitely. happy to have you here. And we were selective. Listen, we listened to a few podcasts, and we were like, "Dude, these guys like we love their vibe." First of all, and they dive deep. You know, we kind of we you know we touched on everything. We've changed the format a couple times on here, and we kind of do a rundown. But like you guys were given like in depth. AEW coverage, which we know, like, you know, there are people out there that want that. So uh, we were happy to, like, you know, lock arms with you guys and, you know, join the Pod Foundation with you all. Absolutely. Yeah, they were man. actually the uh, the third. You know, so it started with the idea that that me and Sheena and Marco kind of cooked up. We brought in Extra Cooler because he was really kind of just getting his podcast off the ground at the at the same time. Um, but everything that dude does is quality. He's, uh, you know, he's done artwork for us and, and Turnbuckle Tavern. Yeah, and he had a unique, and he had a unique, um, you know, like their for their format and everything. It was like nostalgia based. Yeah, you know? so it was yeah. totally different than what we were doing. So it brought a little something different to the table. Yeah, and then we had just started listening to uh, Turnbuckle Tavern, and then once we got this idea, we really started listening to Turnbuckle Tavern. We we're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. These guys got a pretty badass little show going. I think, and you guys have had some changes too. I think you guys were still doing uh, DVR and NXT at the time because the Wednesday <laughs> yeah. Night Wars were still in full <laughs> right. 
Yeah, oh. and then uh, it ended up being, you know, like I said, I, I think you guys are the definitive source, man. I think it's uh, the the official podcast that AEW has with Tony, Shivani, and Aubrey, and then you guys, man. I think that's all anybody needs for their AEW uh, podcast content. So, yeah, yeah we got him here tonight. We're actually going to stray away from a lot of AEW talk with these guys because you can definitely, if you're not already, you need to go subscribe to their feed right now to hear all that. We're going to get their spin on some WWE stuff and uh, hear, hear it from an AEW's fans' perspective, what they thought of WWE's biggest show they've had in the last couple of years. But before we get to that, uh, Sheena, tell the listeners about the Chick Foley Show Patreon. So you can join us uh, at, you know, you can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco runs our Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And uh, you can join our Patreon, our Foley fam, um, over at chickfoleyshow.com. We have an amazing Facebook group, an amazing community full of just awesome people. Um, and we just finished up, we just wrapped up our Foley Picks League, which was so much fun. So I want to give a special shout out to the heel husband, Seth, and Phil Dunnett for keeping us in line, making sure um, we got our picks in. I w- myself and Marco yeah. were usually always the last yeah, we're the people divas. to get our picks in. So, yeah, we're the divas <laughs> of the I have to badger the them right at deadline time. Get your freaking yeah, picks get in. Get your picks in. Yeah, so thank you, Phil, for never giving up on us uh, and, you know, making sure that my, my picks always slid in there at the at the buzzer. So um, I want to congratulate our buddy Alex Eubank from coming back from a freaking come-behind victory, stole the freaking – Foley Picks League Championship from everybody, yeah. from everybody at the top. You know, we kind of we kind of went out with the bang. You know, SummerSlam weekend we had a lot of like you know uh, bonus uh, opportunities to get bonus points. And yeah. Alex I'll, I'll just admit it. So in. I was I had a insurmountable lead, right? Because you know, you guys know I'm the king. It wasn't of too insurmountable. Clearly. I've been watching. I've been watching wrestling my entire life. Like you know, I feel comfortable saying I'm an expert when it comes to the art of uh, professional wrestling. Lead was so big, but I'm like, you know what? I'm also the assistant commissioner of the league. That's a total heel move for the commissioner to win. Let me just juice this last weekend. So I'm throwing out bonus points for everything. Like if you sign up, you know, you get your picks in on time. That's five bonus points. That's not Double points for this. Double points for that. Next thing you know, Alex Eubanks comes back. No, he did give us some bonus point opportunities, but it was not like that. Come on now. And and listen, that damn Bobby Lashley, you guys, you guys have heard me. I've been on the roller coaster of emotions with this show with my love and hatred of Bobby Lashley and he's back on my shit list because you know he he cost me the the Chick Foley show prediction championship I or another prediction championship the the Pix League championship I would have won I would be toting my freaking trophy my belt around and uh no instead that freaking Alex Eubank has it and uh I, I'm, I'm coming back for season two Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We already got more members for season two than we have for season one. So that prize money is going to keep going up and up. So if you're in the Patreon group already, sign up. If you're not, sign up for Patreon, get in the Picks League. It's going to be a blast. Um, normally, Marco is kind of the Jimmy Hart for the Pod Foundation, telling us what everybody's got going on this week. Um, Extra Cooler, multiple members of their Survivor Series team are on vacation right now. So they're on hiatus this week. It's all Turnbuckle Tavern. So who better? Than the two bad chads to tell us, uh, give give us a little rundown of what content people can find over on the tavern this week. Sneed, you want to take it or? Yeah, well, I mean, you can find. I mean, there's so much. So as far as the podcast, so much stuff, man, it, it blows <laughs> yeah. my mind. Well, you know, we we did come up with the Conrad without the cash t-shirt for <laughs> you can, you can find that at pro wrestling t so yeah, yeah the conrad without the cash t-shirt is there will be a, a, a link in the show notes so yeah <laughs> but yeah so you have our flagship show that you're going to get on thursday where chad and i do 
like you had talked about before the the in-depth breakdown and then we have our section with call the hawk where we talk to that fella um, <laughs> and then we have uh, visits to the tavern which you'll be able to hear an interview that Chad and I do and then you'll have on Monday the debate and then on Wednesday you'll have the sessions with Tom and then on YouTube you can catch a recap of pretty much any show you can get a rampage recap a smackdown recap a raw recap you can get fig night insane yeah you can get fig night on thursdays and then randomly we may pop up with some news so yeah and, have and, content every every night oh, of yeah. the week. Yeah. yeah and honestly like I, I have to shout out the crew because like me and there is no way me and sneed could do this like by no, ourselves you know this, this is a, a joint effort you know we have Tom holding it down on a lot of stuff. The OG fig kid, the staple. We have Mike Belcaster holding it down on a lot of content. And then we also have J bone from coming down the aisle who comes on and does the raw recap. He pops in for some of the other recaps and we have young Anthony from the Titan Tron podcast who does our SmackDown recap and he'll pop up in other recaps too. So, you know, we're trying to just build a community and, you know, I love it. Not, not like I said, there's absolutely no way me and sneak could do this, but we figured the more content, the better we like being around cool wrestling fans who are like-minded. So we're having a blast. Hell yeah, man. Um, again, turnbuckle tavern, we'll put their, uh, we'll put their link tree in the show notes of this. You can access basically everything they got going on and they do have some killer t-shirts over on for wrestling T. So support over there as well. Um, Sheena, tell us about the latest Wale and foot action collection. I know we talked about it last week. Is there still some stuff available? It was yep. a pretty limited drop. Yeah, it was a pretty limited drop, but there's still pieces available on foot action. I think foot locker sold out of a few pieces, but there's still, um, pieces available on foot action. So, um, Wale, uh, curated the collection so he's doing these you know periodic capsule collections with Foot Locker and Foot Action so he curated this collection it's golden era inspired some of his favorite wrestlers from the golden era and then um Kaz designed the the t-shirts so uh or, or the designs I should say there's crew necks and t-shirts so you can find those we'll put the link in the show notes um at Foot Locker and Foot Action we were lucky enough to get to partner with them um and kind of promote this drop for SummerSlam weekend so definitely check it out um yeah I, I love the kind of old school uh, look of these of the t-shirts and crew necks so check if it you out want to see them check out these reels that sheena's been dropping on ig like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know how she does this stuff puts puts them together i just like you know i open up my phone i'm like holy shit <laughs> when did you become like a professional video editor and stuff so yeah they're pretty I, I, sweet. I like reels yeah Real, reels is kind of like my jam I, I dig it i don't get to do them as often as i want to because you know kids and stuff they don't allow you to like get creative with your recording they kind of like bomb you all the time but uh yeah it's uh when i when i get a chance to to break away uh i'll, I'll record a reel every once in a while so yeah i was on the phone with uh with the honda dealership coordinating some service this afternoon and uh, you know, I went upstairs to make the phone call to have some peace and quiet. You guys know we got a, a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And my four-year-old, in his sweetest voice, was like, you know, Daddy, can I come upstairs with you? So I'm like, you know, couldn't say no to that. So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm laying down on the floor, like, making this phone call. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, straight up earthquake uh, splash, man. He goes, you know, bonsai drop right in the middle of my back <laughs> as I'm on the phone with somebody at Honda. I'm like, oh! <laughs> like, I think they thought I was like 
being attacked or something, man. Uh, yeah, so I, I feel you, Sheen, on, on the the kids can you know as much oh, yeah. of a blessing as they are, they can cramp the style a little bit when you're trying to do oh, yeah. adult things. Yeah, you never get um, to get, complete a, a full task. You know, what I'm saying you got to do it in like segments. So yeah, you got to get comfortable with the 85 percent solution on a lot of things. Oh, I know. Uh, if you guys heard any uh, jingling, jangling through the the housekeeping, Sheen has been blowing up my phone, telling me to knock it off. That's just my ice cubes uh, <laughs> rattling around my cup I, instead of straight beer. I'm, I'm starting. Uh, I'm starting the show with a whiskey sour so that's nice. both an apology and a teaser because you guys know when, when we get on the hard liquor on here sometimes the episodes go a little bit off the rails but in a good way you can really hear the uh the fully unfiltered takes from me and the rest of the crew here on the chick foley show so before we get into the news of the week sheena i think we got some figures to give away are you ready I sure do all right we are giving away the elite 86 SummerSlam miz and the winner is The winner is at WWE 2009. Well, just 2009. There's no and. Uh, so pretty straightforward. A uh, little screen name you got there, buddy. Um, I guess 2009. I don't even know what happened in 2009. Might be her birthday. Oh, my God. Well, I hope not. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. I mean, that's 12 years old. 2009 was 12 years ago. Yeah. Shut up. Okay. We don't need that kind of recap. Okay. <laughs> I just want to hope that 2009 was a good year. Maybe they forgot their login for their 1985, WWF 1985. <laughs> Uh, you know, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah, on, slide hit into it. the DMs. We'll get that figure heading your way. And next yeah. week, we're going to be giving away the really hot figure right now. It's from Series One of AEW Unmatched. We had to do an AEW figure with the two bad chads here with us. It is Miro's first figure in AEW, God's favorite champion. Really cool figure. We're giving it away. This one's going to be Patreon exclusive. So mm-hmm. if you're if a, if you are a Patreon, a premium member of the Foley Fam, and you're already listening. You're entered. Anybody else that wants to get in on it, go ahead and join. It's uh, as low as 20 bucks for an entire year, and you get access to a lot of really fun stuff. So, yeah, AW Miro next week, and we'll get some details up on Sheena's IG and, and Marco on the Twitter account um, here in the next couple of days. We want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save uh, 10% on everything at ringside. And, uh, get, uh, Chad, you guys got a code now too, right? Yeah, ringside tavern. Go to tavern, save yourself 10% off. Yeah, so the Pod Foundation's hooking you guys up, whatever you want to choose, you know, Chick Foley Tavern. Spread it around, go every other time, show some love. But yeah, it's going to save you 10% at Ringside Collectibles, and they are the number one uh, retailer worldwide of wrestling figures and wrestling figure accessories. All right, you guys ready to get into SummerSlam weekend? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so it was a hell of a weekend. It all started Friday with a pretty decent episode of SmackDown. I think they kind of gave away the ending of SummerSlam when Roman Reigns said he would leave WWE (laughs) if he lost. That could have been a really cool storyline, you know, breaking kayfabe. I would have loved to have seen how they played that out if Cena beat him. And, you know, we we kayfabe have Roman leave uh, WWE for a few weeks. But either way, it definitely kind of telegraphed the ending and it played out. But it all started off with... um, CM Punk debuting on Rampage. It was an incredible moment. I don't. I'm not really sure if we can still call it a surprise. The cra- everybody ex- was expecting it, and I think that made the pop better though, because the crowd was just kind of like fully juiced up for it and ready to go. Um, yeah. But Sheena, you did have a uh, a, a little <laughs> post just kind of in the middle of SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, t- tell us about that and give us some of the details on the uh, the response on that post. Well, I mean, so apparently I made some sort of controversial take um, over over the weekend. Um, there was a I posted a picture of Becky Lynch after her glorious return. And I said, you know, better than CM Punk dot dot dot. Sue me. Right. 
currently that thing is sitting at like a thousand likes and like 260 comments uh, of people just 10,000 people have, have seen that post. Yeah. With their, uh, you know, torches and pitchforks out for me. And you know what? Like after all those 257, like horrible comments, uh, people just really putting me in my place and teaching me, you know, teaching me what I, what I should know about CM Punk. Um, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that, you know, I want to take this chance to apologize, um, to absolutely nobody. <laughs> the champ champ does what the fuck she wants, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think most people kind of miss the joke. You know, obviously CM Punk making his return eight years away from the business is, is uh, a little bit bigger deal than Becky coming back. But Yeah, and dude, if you had scrolled two posts back, you would have saw. I made a very, like, a, a very nice post for CM Punk. I posted it in the stories, like, wow, what a moment. Like, you know, and even myself, you know, I was talking, I was making jokes and stuff about CM Punk over the past couple weeks on the show. Um but even in that moment, like I, I am not like a huge CM Punk person. I got like emotional just thinking like, wow, this is a really cool moment for so many wrestling fans. Like I can totally see why people are emotional and why people are just so into this. And the fact that they had the wherewithal to like start the show with CM Punk and just give people what they wanted right from the jump. Like I just, I thought it was really cool. And then CM Punk's whole delivery and the, the way that they did it, like I thought it was really, really good. So, you know, all 257 of you people trolling me in my freaking comments you need to calm your tits because um <laughs> i i you know i'm not like stupid enough to be like oh better than cm punk you know what i mean like it was very tongue-in-cheek um which by the way i just learned that it was it's tongue <laughs> it's tongue in cheek not tongue and cheek because i wrote it out and i was what? like that doesn't look right and then i had to look oh, i was God. like it's tongue in cheek never mind that makes a lot more sense yeah you, you know? need you definitely need uh you need to do some refresher training sheen on like your uh kind of figures of speech. Remember it was a couple of years ago when I told you that it's not the lesser of two equals, it's the lesser of two <laughs> oh, yeah. evils. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. You were like, I remember you were like, well, I thought it was lesser of two equals. Like they're the same, but you take the lesser one. Like, that That's too much thought into that uh, phrase. <laughs> yeah. I've had, a, I've had a few of those botches over the years, uh, but uh, you know, for, forgive me, but yeah, you guys, uh, I, I have no, I have no beef with, with CM uh, Punk. I'm excited to see where it goes, what he does. And I'm excited for everybody. And I said it last week. I said, I am very excited for everybody who is going to be very excited by this. So, oh, yeah, you know. for sure. Uh, Chad Sneed, uh, I know you guys already covered the the hell out of the um, out of CM Punk's return. What, what are you guys kind of general thoughts on the, the contingency of AEW fans that are like so hardcore on AEW that literally if, you know, 85 Hulk Hogan, 91 Ultimate Warrior and, you know, 96 HBK all somehow return to WWE right now, they'd still find a way to shit on it. Like, what, what do you what do you guys think of those fans that are just like cannot even like stomach anything that, uh, you know, any, any positive words about WWE right now? Okay, first of all, I just have to say, Sheena, you knew you were putting the cheese out for the trolls. Oh, yeah. You yeah. knew like <laughs> the, the backlash that was going to come. Oh, uh, 100%. And let me just let me just tell you, this this kind of backlash and this sort of response is what started a multi-year feud with myself and Samoa Joe. Oh. Like, I, so I like um I, I started being um really like I made a comment about Samoa Joe and the trolls just went off. Like, and I had, I had said really nice things about Samoa Joe, like all up until then, you know, this was before the podcast. This was strictly from Twitter. And I made one 
like ill remark of Samoa Joe, the indie darling, right? And like the the trolls went wild. So I spent the next like two years just trolling people with straight up Samoa Joe hate, you know? And I was like, dude, th- I was like, they're about to make me like have to start a few with CM Punk on the internet <laughs> oh, so that, no. you know, just to like troll these people. But yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely baited, baited them up. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised to see, you know, I wasn't surprised. I poked the bear, you know? <laughs> I mean, as as far as like, fan aw fans who who just shit on everything wwe I, I have a couple different takes on that because on one hand you like what you like you know it's right i get everyone says you can like both you know you can like aw and you can like wwe and i agree with that if you like both great but i also think if you don't like either you can like what you like you know mm-hmm. like the the but if you spend your whole time just being negative against one product, I find that kind of odd that you would want to just be negative. There's a lot of tribalism in pro wrestling fandom. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Ever, ever. And I think, you know, you like what you like. Now me, obviously if you're, if you're a diehard wrestling fan, like all of us are, you were a WWE fan at some point in your life. Like, I grew up loving WWE. I grew up loving NWA and WCW. I've been watching for probably 34 years. I'm 37. And my earliest memory is Andre the Giant choking out Bob Uecker. You know, I've been, that's, <laughs> so it's like, I, I was that WrestleMania four. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I love WWE. It, it, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for WWE, but I will say like, although there are things that I enjoy in WWE, Right now, I feel like it's it's gotten to a point where I don't feel like it's for me anymore. It's not that I hate on it, and we point out the negatives in it, but but I'll also point out the things I love. I think I think Reigns is great. I'm a, a hot take. I'm loving what Baron Corbin's doing. Yes. I love the yeah. I don't hate <laughs> that. I, I like Sad Baron. <laughs> yeah, I love Sad Baron. Uh, you know, Edge, the whole Brood thing. I popped for. You know, I I enjoy when it's good, but I'm not going to, I feel like on both sides, AEW and Mm -hmm. WWE fans, there's a lot of people that just want to, it's almost like politics. They want to dig their heels in the sand and just support everything blindly. And even with AEW, we try to call out the things that we don't like. We call out like when Miro was doing the video game stuff, we were critical of it. Yeah. You know, we're we're not just going to blindly support everything on either side of the ball. What do you think, Snee? Well, I think, you know, when we talked about it a lot about, you know, how back in the day it was, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, it almost it was a camaraderie between finding another wrestling fan. And now it seems like the internet with the IWC has kind of put a rift between wrestling fans. And I hate that because you should just mm-hmm. watch what you like and and just be a fan of what you want to be a fan of. There's so much out there. You don't have to be negative. Just like what yeah. you like. And it's funny because this doesn't this doesn't really exist in any other universe than just like you don't say like, oh, you watch baseball? Like, ew. Like, you know, I watch football. Like that doesn't that's not really right. a thing that happens. Or like with TV shows, you know what I mean? Like people aren't like, oh my God, you're watching, you know, the office. Like you should be watching Friends. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it just right. doesn't yeah. I think the closest parallel is like Marvel and DC comics. Yeah. And even yes. that, there's yeah. not any hatred, you know. I think People that like Marvel generally also like DC and vice versa. It's There's really a mutual just, respect for both sides, from yeah. both yeah. sides. I remember being a kid and 
you know, elementary school and being made fun of because you were a wrestling fan. Don't you know that stuff's fake? And finding another wrestling fan, it was like putting armor on, like, oh, you're one of us. And now it's like, what do you like? Do yeah. you like WWE? <laughs> yes. or do you like AEW? Like, I don't care what you like. You love pro wrestling. You're one of us. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Going back to, uh, yeah, so I, I'm the same age as you guys. I'll turn 37 in uh, November. And I remember, like, you just kind of sparked a memory for me about the wrestling fan stuff. Like, because I'm the same way, man. I I, re- I watched wrestling from really the moment I was watching TV. I was watching wrestling. And uh, I had, like, a, a three or two or three friends that were really good wrestling fans as well. And by the time middle school rolled around, that's when the Attitude Era kind of kicked off. And you had people come out of the woodworks rocking Steve Austin shirts and DX yeah. shirts. And I remember, like, me and my, like, good wrestling friends, like, we just judged the hell out of them. We're like, these guys are posers. You know what I mean? We're... <laughs> Where, where were you at when, you know, when Damien Demento was main eventing the first episode of Monday Night Raw? You know, where, where were you when Max Moon was coming up through the mid card? You know? So, you were, so like, you were the problem. Here you were causing like people were just oh yeah, coming I was a in. gatekeeper. Big people, time. people were coming in trying to like embrace this thing that you had been, you know, probably made fun of for for liking before. And then now you're like, you know, you're you're separating them because you're just above them for, yeah, for watching longer. I didn't think know? I was above them. I was just like, you know, like these guys aren't really, they'll be gone in a couple of years and sure shit, you know, when. <laughs> Steve Austin, you know, Rock went to Hollywood and Steve Austin, uh, you know, had to had to head yeah. off into the sunset early because of his neck. You know, they all started falling off. So you're supposed yeah. to bring the real ones in. understand you're supposed yeah. to you're <laughs> supposed to take them in as fellow wrestling fans, not look down. On yeah, them. So put, them, put them under put them under your wing and yeah, teach and then, them, and teach them maybe, the history. You exactly. Know? Maybe they would have stayed. And watch after the rock left and after exactly Cole trade left. some See? tapes with them show, show them yeah. where, where they came you know where this all came from you, yeah. know? It, it you really, remember when i told you guys i can't i can't I, maybe it was on turnbuckle i can't remember if it was on i think it may actually be when i was on one of the debate shows or if it was on this show i used to i told you guys i had all my wrestling figures unless it was like one or two of my friends were coming over all that shit went into my closet when my fr- whenever like most of my friends were coming <laughs> oh, to my yeah. house. They went in my yeah. closet with the door shut, and like you know, if one of my friends happened to open up the closet, was like, "What the hell is this stuff?" I was just like, "Oh, it's my little brother's man. He just he keeps you're, it there for you're storage." Sti- you're still like that. Like you work with people who have no idea that you watch wrestling and like or, like have, <laughs> they, or have a wrestling podcast. Really? Like <laughs> you know, yeah. Only one person I work with knows about the knows about the the Chick Foley show. Man, it's completely kayfabe that I'm, I'm the same uh, way. Yeah, I'm a year deep on this just because I, I mean, that's not it's not that I'm embarrassed by being a wrestling fan. I mean, I wear wrestling shirts to yeah. to work basically every single day. I just I want to be able to speak freely, you know, yep, and sometimes. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to bitch a little bit about stuff on here. And I don't want to risk people at work being like, hey, man, I heard what you said. Heard there, you right? listen to your <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get it somewhat back on track, man. So CM Punk debuted. That was that was cool. Hell of a moment. It was electric by by anybody's account. Yeah. Um, SummerSlam was the next night. First off, I love <sighs> Saturday pay-per-view. Sheena, tell us how much better Saturday is than Sunday for pay-per-views. Oh, man. Saturday is just so much more money, dude. You don't have to like, you know, because especially, oh, my God, especially for this card that felt like it was just going on and on and on and just would not end. So, like, you know, if it was like. I would have tapped out if it was a Sunday. You know, I I feel no, I I don't feel guilty at all about saying that. You still had to go to work, though. Like, that was the thing. You you ended up having to go to work anyway. You know, normally you're off on the weekends. But, yeah, it was one of those those weird uh, weird days where Seth had to work on Sunday. So, like, you know, by the end of it, by 11 o'clock, 
o'clock Eastern time, we were like, dude, what the hell? Like, why, how do we when still have two matches left? Like, are you drip sticks, me? Uh, the drip stick skit? I had a visceral reaction to that, man. <laughs> yeah, I was same. like, dude, I, I cannot I, I believe we're that, doing this. I posted that. I posted that on Twitter or on Instagram and also got freaking roasted for that. They're like, Miz and Morrison are great. They're awesome. Like, they, they, you know, they just haven't been used properly. I'm like, I don't care. I, I have no beef with Miz or Morrison, but this belongs on Monday Night Raw. Like, why are we doing a pure water ad right now with the freaking drip sprayer or whatever the hell? Put it on the pre-show, man. <laughs> that would have been perfectly fine. They let them crash the set of like the pre-show yes. and do that shit. But it was ridiculous, I mean, it, and it was and it was an ad. Like it was literally like an ad read. Like so, it was just like they got to slide this in here. You know, yeah. it was. Ugh. I mean, the only thing every time I see something like that on a pay-per-view or even on Raw, or a, any any show could be AEW, could be SmackDown, could be Raw. I always think I always go back and think of what Eric Bischoff says, and it's wrestling is a buffet, um, and it's there's different types of foods. There's I foods that you like. I was full at ten o'clock. Exactly. So like there's yeah, things that, that you like. Spoiled. And there's things that yeah. you don't like. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Like, no, that's what I mean. So like there's a thing for everybody. So like that obviously wasn't for us. Um, I didn't. I didn't really it, think it was. It wasn't even. It wasn't even the content. So here, let me let me just like it wasn't the content of what it is. I expect that from those the guys placement. and you know Xavier. It was the placement and it was the fact that the pay per view was already running over time. Yeah. Like it, there was so many things. Like why did we need Shinsuke's yeah. entrance when he wasn't even wrestling? You know what I mean? Like See, what, I actually kind of that. Going back to Marco's buffet point, I like Shinsuke coming out and celebrating. I like Shinsuke, but when cool. the show's already running longer, like why are we doing that? And then they're just you just show a you know packet like a video package. Yeah. I just thought it was just ridiculous. I, mean, yeah, I think um, that, that's the problem. I think is, is the problem I have with WWE pay per views. There's too much in between junk. Yeah, yes. too many like recaps and this and that because if you really break down all the match length times like that show wouldn't have been that long if there wasn't yeah. so much in between there junk. is oh, yeah. there's no reason for any pay-per-view to be over uh, three hours three hours yeah, is it, like the tippy top like it should be three yeah. hours and out of there for sure but the problem is that raw is three hours every single week so yeah. if the pay-per-view is only three hours it's not special you know yeah, that's no why problem they with a four-hour show if it's good well that's the uh, if you go on cage side seats, they always do a good breakdown after the pay per views of the actual ring time, and typically it's between like thirty eight and forty five percent of the actual pay per view is like in ring action. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's, yeah. that's crazy. That yeah, the other the great the best thing about last year too uh, with WWE because everything was like pre taped was the pay per views are on like at seven and they were done by like nine thirty. Yeah, was like, seven o'clock start yeah, time. Seven o'clock start yeah, time, nine thirty, yeah. pay per view is over. And you'd be like, Pandemic What the hell? What am I gonna do for the rest of the night? This is crazy. <laughs> but um, you know, like One, just to just to hop on to like, you know, piggyback of what they're saying, like, you know, the time, all that allotted time, you know, could have been used in a match, preferably. Maybe yep. an actual match, a SmackDown women's title match, you know, that could have you know, probably <laughs> went a little bit longer than what it did. I mean, yeah, they could have used I'm that allotted sure time. Yeah, I'm sure they were trying to make up some time because they literally were like fumbling at the last minute to figure out what they were going to do about Sasha Banks not being there. Like, I'm sure they were like, oh, well, we had this freaking 25 minute match or whatever that we were supposed to have. And now, like, we have to fill this time. Whereas, like, they didn't need to. Like, you know, they didn't need to fill that space. They could have just, like, Put cut the match it, on? you know. Yeah. <laughs> could have had, yeah. had an actual match. Yeah, exactly. Well, Uncle we'll Dave that. reported that, uh, that that Becky's not really going to be ready for a full ring return until October. So oh, it was last minute. Everything I've heard oh, says Becky, yeah. Becky was that's... literally like a last minute thing. And they, they like, they call their whoever that does their T-shirts and, like, had their T-shirts made within, like, 48 hours of, like, the, the show. So that's it was, like. Impressive. Yeah, that's even yeah. great to know. That's even more. 
fuel for the fire for the uh, uh, fans out there. <laughs> One thing uh, I think they could do to really cut down on the time, man. So this is this used to be something that was like half the time. It was like the best part of the pay-per-view was the video packages. Like you guys had mentioned a couple minutes ago. The video packages are awesome. Like whoever is stitching those together for WWE, they're incredible. But every match doesn't need them. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I right, think exactly. you should have like one or two matches on the show that have the full production of like, you know, the dramatic video and voiceovers and stuff. Your you major don't need stories. Every, every yeah, your match. major stories. Yep. Give them to the major stories. You don't need, uh, I mean, the do drop. Yes. Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, we don't I need mean, a video on. package. For yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you, could, you could do that stuff on the pre-show too. Like instead of having them just like rattle on about what they want to see, like you could play those video packages and get the people watching the pre-show caught up well, to ready to watch the pay-per-view instead of like before every single match showing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Use that, use that pre-show um, time slot more effectively. They usually do that anyway at the pre-show. They play all the all the feuds and stuff leading up to the pay-per-view. So they Yeah, and then you got to watch it. You got to spend another 40 plus minutes during the actual event watching yeah, it again, exactly. man. Like, so yeah. Silly. I uh I, there's definitely a ton of fat on uh on some of these shows for WWE. Um we did learn that Money in the Bank next year is going to be back in Allegiant Stadium. Uh Marco, what do you think of the uh of the setup there for uh First time in the Raiders' new stadium for WWE. What? How'd you like it with the stage and everything? Uh, it was it was it was a pretty cool setup. I thought um, the ramp was pretty long. Not even it wasn't I really like a that, ramp. Yeah. It was like more of like a almost like a like a yellow brick road Tunnel. type of deal. But there yeah. was like it, only thing I like I noticed was like Goldberg was <laughs> already like panting by the time that he got to the ring, walking yeah. down that whole thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, John Cena is a great shape. He ran that whole thing, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, didn't even didn't even break a sweat. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually like that setup. It kind of reminded me of the Royal Rumble setup that they had, where they're in the kind of like the dugout. Um, but obviously, that was a short. Yeah, that distance. seems to be the for whatever reason that seems to be the thing for WWE. If they're in a baseball stadium, it's like no stage. They just set up some screens and let them come out. It's pretty cool. One thing that did kind of suck they need to figure out before Money in the Bank is the uh, the pyro man. I know some people don't think pyro is a big deal. I think pyro just adds a lot to the presentation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Chad? Are you a pyro guy? One hundred percent. I'm a stage guy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I get that they're in a. They're probably doing it to maximize seating because when you right. put that stage in there, it eliminates so many seats. Yep. So I get that. But dude, the, when I see a big show, you know, this is SummerSlam. I want an epic stage. I like seeing these guys come out above the crowd, looking like gods. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't, when you put them just coming out of a long walkway, I feel like it loses some of the just pomp and circumstance of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, there's a little bit of a throwback quality, you know, some of those old MSG shows, like uh, th- those are cool, you know, but I'll always be a sucker for the big stages. Yeah, yeah definitely. Me and Sheena were in the house for WrestleMania 33. And to oh, me, that's man. still my all time favorite with the big it, roller coaster. It was and cool, it was cool like, but man, they did not plan that r- very well because the people that were sitting right beside that huge ramp literally could not see anything. Like it was like, it <laughs> yeah. was like 30 you feet had off like the a, ground. Yeah, you, you had like a, like a, maybe like an 85 degree field of vision. You know, if the wrestlers <laughs> went to one side of the ring, you weren't seeing shit. Yeah, I, I was over. just like, I was like, oh my gosh. When we were seeing people's pictures from that, it was crazy. I 
another thing, though, I don't know. Um, did all you guys hear about like the freaking Wi-Fi issues and stuff? And they were like, they couldn't serve food. They couldn't serve yeah, drinks. It's, a, like, it's an entirely it's cashless cash system at Allegiant and their internet went down. So wow. yeah. Yeah. they were actually giving people free hot dogs. And, and then, stuff, then that so got out of control cool. and then they just shut it down. Like, you know, people were getting free food. And then so then they just they were like, OK, screw this. We can't give these. We can't give these ravenous wrestling fans. It's free hot food. dogs and the fans like it just emptied out. Like there was at one point there was like two people watching the match because everybody wanted their free hot dogs. Yeah. So they, they they just stopped serving any sort of food, Sorry. food and beverage. And yeah, so there was no Wi-Fi. Um, it was it was a freaking mess. Somebody somebody tweeted that the toilets were overflowing. Okay. <laughs> it was just yeah. a, it was just a hot mess at, uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, going back to the stage of Sneeds, what's what is your all time favorite uh, entrance stage? I think Sneed dropped out. Oh, uh-huh. Sneed abandoned us. He dipped he, on he, us. It looks like he's coming back in though. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Chad, yeah, you're filling in. <laughs> hey, you, hey, you went for the hot tag and uh, Sneed got swept there. off the ring apron, man. <laughs> yeah, so. He wasn't there. All time favorite stage. Yeah. Um, man, I really liked, but I'm a sucker for the city it was in. I really liked 30, man. WrestleMania 30. Yeah. I love the big Florida Lee, New Orleans, um, Mm -hmm. the, the, the purple and green and gold. I love, I, I'm a sucker for that city. I just love that city and the vibe and the colors. And I think they really captured that New Orleans vibe for that show. I love that. Love that stage. Yeah. Good choice. Um, Sheena, what was the match of the night? I, I liked Edge versus Rollins. I feel like that was, I mean, clearly I like, you know, Roman and, you know, Cena, but I think Edge versus Rollins was definitely the the match of the night. It was just nonstop action. I love the storytelling with, you know, Rollins just freaking dominating Edge's poorly, his surgically repaired neck. Um, and then Edge hit that freaking suicide dive through the ropes. And it was just, it was, it was awesome. And I love seeing that darker side of edge where he was literally just slamming Seth Rollins head into the, into the mat, you know, until he was ready to submit. And that brood entrance popped me. I thought that was just a really cool, a really cool touch with all the fire. And, um, you know, I loved it. Was it was so good. Yeah, it was so good. Like when he came out with the black shades, I was getting lost boys near dark vibes <sighs> for all the horror yes. movie fans. Like yes. he had that just grimacing look on his face. Like, man, I love edge. So good. Yeah, it was, uh, that was really, really awesome. That that theme, it still slaps, man, to this day. Yeah, like that was just best. such such an incredible freaking entrance. Um That was my match of the night, too. I will say that. I think that was the hey, match of he's the back. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, I dropped out for a second. I couldn't get it to come back. But um yeah, so that was I love the way they did the brood and then went into his You Think You Know Me. Yes. I thought yeah. the mashup with it was really, really good. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I think that's probably Edge's best match since he's been back also. I I, I love that match. Still bummed Seth lost. Uh, Roman and Cena, I feel like they need to switch it up a little bit. They went with the classic WWE style main event that Triple H kind of patented where it's a really slow start and then it just builds to the, uh, to the near falls. I feel like they should have done something like, you know, have, let Cena hit an AA right away or something to really electrify the crowd and get him into it because they, they were tired feel, by that point. Yeah, they were tired. And I just felt like it kind of took me out of the match a little bit. Something that took points away from me is John Cena just not taking that match as seriously as I thought he should be taking it. Like, I feel like he was kind of doing that, like, John Cena, like, jokey, jovial, you know, um, like, 
persona that he has when it's just like, dude, first of all, you're fighting to be like the the record holder for most world titles. You know what I mean? Like this should mean something to you. Also, you're here to take down the freaking best in the world. Sorry, CM Punk, the best in the world. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just feel like, I, I don't know, he should have been more in, in the game. Well, you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combat you on that a little bit because that was the whole storyline was John Cena was not taking Roman I know, Reigns and I didn't seriously. like that at all. The, that, that took me out of the whole build for it. I feel like he should have come in and been like, you know, I've been watching you, and, you know, you used to be the guy who fumbled your fumbled your promos and, you know, the guy that they were cramming down everybody's throat and nobody wanted to see, and now you, you've you commanded everybody's attention and you've shown what you're capable of, and, like, I'm here to knock you back down a peg versus, like, yeah. you know, like, I, uh, you know, I've been watching, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. I just felt like yeah. I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I, I like I liked it. I like the fact it that it took he, some of the weight away. You yes. so? Like yeah. the weight of the moment. Like it mm-hmm. didn't, you know, it should have felt like like Sheena said, he was coming to take that 17th reign. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was playing the hits leading up to it. He was giving us those classic Cena takedowns on the mic with him and Roman, but there was a level of I'm not really back that came through it for me yeah. that made me not yes. feel you know a hundred percent yeah that's exactly it it just felt yeah it felt like he wasn't in it to win it like it wasn't he wasn't fully in the game um and, and, and he wasn't because he's gone again he literally just tweeted out like you know thanks for having me back but see yeah. us you when i see you yeah he was there <laughs> he was there to me strictly to be a notch on roman reigns belt yeah yes damn mm-hmm. that's like, pretty that's all he was there for. wrong yeah yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it, it seems like it was just a one-off too, because uh, we'll talk about Brock coming back a little bit later on. But even you know, Brock attack Cena, all that was off air, so they're not building anything else. I think that mm-hmm. was just something to kind of send the fans home happy. Uh, Marco, what was your letdown of the night? Oh boy, can't wait! For, this is gonna be fun. Uh, <laughs> there's only, I mean, to me, there's only one letdown of the night, uh, and that was obviously the return of Becky Lynch and the mm. uh, squashing of. Bianca Belair, uh, that was a huge letdown. I think for a lot of people, um, just gauging. Bianca's from- been so over, man. It was just such a. It was it was shades of, of Kofi having this epic yep. reign as world exactly. champion, dropping it to yep. Brock in less than you know ten seconds. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know they built they built Bianca Belair up to the. She's I mean they didn't have to build her up. She's obviously probably the most athletic person that they have in WWE. Um, male or female, um, just because of you know, obviously, if you've seen her uh, her documentary on on the network at the time, you know, you know her track record. No pun intended with that, but there was, a, I mean, super strong, super athletic. She's she's done so many things since she's had the title. Just like feats of strength, I've seen her carry yeah. Otis on her shoulders across lines during that. Uh, remember that they had that. Um, that, uh, yeah, that was great. Obstacle course with a uh, yeah. So tiny Becky Lynch coming in and smacking her and doing a pump handle slam and taking the title. I think she just Not- you know she just 
caught her off guard. It's it wasn't, not, it wasn't no, no, that no, Bianca. No. It wasn't that Bianca is you know weak or not. You couldn't take Becky Lynch down. It was just it was completely like in my eyes. I saw it from Bianca Belair's perspective that she was just in awe, like oh wow, like you know this is the the Becky Lynch is back. You know what I mean? Like Ugh. you know they teased Carmella at first, and Carmella came out and was doing her thing, and then when Becky came out, it was kind of like you know I think Bianca was like oh my gosh, like I got another baby face here. You know like Ugh. this, no, this no, is so no, awesome. And then no. it was just like, like <laughs> to me. Yeah. To me, that to me that's a cop out. Yeah, like, that's awful. If, that's an if, awful take. If, you know, if Bianca Belair, <laughs> if Bianca Belair is the woman with the belt, she the EST, and she's she's ESP. not. Yeah, she's the EST. She's, ESP. she's not going to be shook. She's not going to be shook by someone. She's she's going she, to take all comers. Yeah, let me jump in. She should. She defeated Sasha Banks at WrestleMania, uh, yep. at, in the main event. She defeated Bailey twice. The longest reigning but th- SmackDown but Women's Champion. Both, but those are both heels. You know what I mean? She's out here thinking like this is like, you know, Becky Lynch is like her, no. you know, comrade, you know, and she's like, oh man, like, you know, this is so cool to see the man here, no, the former she was champ. In awe. Who, no, that's... The champ who who lost the who never lost her title, you know, had to had to, you know, revoke her title. No, but just call for just what to, it was. Just it to was play awful. devil's advocate. <laughs> just to play devil's advocate, you know, there's been reports that came out that Becky wants to be a heel. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, with, that. I'm with you, happening. Marco. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Marco. I think I, I didn't like this. I thought it was bad for Bianca. I thought it was definitely Kofi, the Kofi situation all over again. But, you know, if you're going to make Becky Lynch a heel, have her come in and squash your baby face. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's oh, yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna get booed. She is gonna get booed out of the building, you know, like whenever, but whenever if, she's there. If that was, the and game, I mean, let me. Yeah. Let me be clear. I did not love this. This was not like ideal booking. I was prepared in my mind to see Sasha and Bianca just tear the freaking house down. You know, I was like, that's what I was built up for. And then Carmella came through and kind of like sucked the air out of the out of the room. And then when Becky finally came out, it was it was a a legit surprise. You know, it wasn't like everybody was speculating, oh, Becky's going to be back for this match or whatever. She just kind of like showed up, you know, and I just feel like. I didn't yeah. love it, but I mean, it's what we got. So I'm hoping that it leads to something interesting. And to me, in my personal opinion, everybody's like, oh, they buried her. They made Bianca look weak. I didn't get that vibe. I, I don't think Bianca's weak for losing that match. I still I still think Bianca's a badass and can literally take the title at any turn. So I'm not thinking like, oh, well, she's just a jobber now or she's just going to you know find her way to living in the middle of the mid card. I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, clearly we don't know what the booking's going to be, but... I don't think like I didn't get that vibe, and I know a lot of people did, but I did not. Yeah, I got the I got that vibe, and the uh, the just just that news too. Like she's not going to be back to like October is pretty horrible as well. So you know you're not going to have a title for a whole month. But I mean, she's going to be, be cool. there. It's going to keep them apart, and then it's not going to be like what we normally have with a title feud where it's like they're fighting every week on raw and do these stupid tag matches and do all this stuff that you, oh, know. you mean like on uh yeah like with uh charlotte and uh nikki exactly. And- exactly. yeah so exactly the- and then when they finally do face off it's gonna feel like a big moment it's gonna be like oh damn this is what we've been waiting for you yeah know I think, what I so mean? is becky like, not going to be there just in match like in a match capacity she might just be not so again maybe. this is all from this is from uncle dave so take everything with a grain of salt but he said that before saturday WWE, they Becky was always going to make some sort of appearance at um, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Obviously, we can we can fantasy book whatever that was actually going to be, 
but they were not expecting her to be back and ready, like a hundred percent until they weren't planning October. for this match. Okay. So yeah. you, there's always ways you could book around it. You know, you could set up some sort of, you know, tag team matches or a triple threat where she doesn't have to do a whole lot. I mean, it, it's wrestling, so it's not like yeah. it's, you know, the NFL. Yeah. And I'm um, sure there, there's still, ways you can I'm work sure around whatever she's got bumps, going on. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she could take a, bu- a bump without being like, you know, I mean, she didn't, she had a baby, you know, she right. didn't like tear her ACL. You know what I mean? Not that not having, not that having a baby. Dang, Sheena shoots hard on, uh, shoot like, on moms. Jeez. Oh my God. That's not what I'm saying. Clearly, wow. I know. Canceled, it's, dude. We're going to have the moms long... coming for us now. right? Jeez. Mom on mom crime. <laughs> a long time to be ready, especially in that capacity where you're literally going to get, you know, be professional athlete level ready. Okay. I, I'm not discrediting yeah. Becky at all, but I'm just what? saying yeah. it, she doesn't have an injury. So I'm sure she could take like a bump and she can be there. She's not hurt. You know yeah. what I mean? She just needs time. Her body needs time to fully be back at fighting capacity and be ring ready. Did, you know, yeah. I think the other thing I too. Think- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the final word on the way that match went down is really going to be in the follow-up. You know, if, if Becky comes out on SmackDown and, and just rails against the fans and, you know, puts down Bianca and builds her up as this underdog uh, baby face that everyone wants to get behind, then I'm going to be with it. But Mm -hmm. if she's not going the complete full on heel route, I'm going to question that 26 second match. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. She's got to go. She's got to go full blown heel. It's not going to work as a tweener. It's not going to work how she was kind of playing back and forth, you know, before like it's, she's got to go full blown. Yeah. The other, I mean, if she was ready for in ring work, I think Bianca definitely deserve to have a match yes yeah yes the other the other thing too is i think we spoke about this i'm not sure if we spoke about it on the debate or maybe before it the the crowd after that happened was completely dead for they the were rest dead of the silent show. it was confused yeah. like that, man. for the yeah, rest of the confusion. show like that I match well, set I, the, I, yeah i totally missed it i like it happened so fast that i can't remember what i was doing i was looking down or something and then all of a sudden becky holds up the championship and i saw i seth i was like dude what the what just freaking happened yeah. like what happened yeah. so like, yeah, that, was like that kind of, shot, you yeah. know? that set the tone for like the rest of the night like that crowd yeah. was like in like just in shock for, first and foremost <laughs> and then like you could tell like throughout the rest of the show it was like there was no crowd reaction it was just like no like it was it, it was bad I, think it like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Edge and Edge and Seth came on after that, right? So the I think brood, it, the brood kind of entrance like brought it back yeah. a little bit. A little but yeah, bit. it was it was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know to me one thing you got to remember it is a business. They got the moment with Becky's return. You know, I think nothing was going to top that. And now you got people wanting to see Bianca and Becky go at it. I mean, I'm excited to see them have a, a real 15 yeah. and 20 minute match. So so why burn it all in one night? But but I agree, there was definitely a better way they could have done it. They did the same thing when Seth returned back in 2016. You know, when people come back. WWE always has this tendency to want to go against what the fans want. Like the fans were ready to cheer Seth back then. They were ready to cheer Becky on, um, on Saturday night, but for whatever reason, you know, WWE feels like they got to go against it and try to fight against the crowd. So that's a bigger issue though, that we could, uh, you know, I'm sure we could spend hours talking about why, why Vince feels the need to do that. What I want to do, I I, want to get the the truth from, from our, our hardcore AEW fans here. Um, that you know the kings of AW podcasting. The, the <laughs> night ended with Roman beating John Cena clean as a sheet, and then as he's celebrating, you hear that classic uh, distorted electric guitar, and Brock freaking Lesnar comes out rocking a mohawk ponytail <laughs> combo, looking crazy, man. Um, and in his bootcut jeans and his black, his tucked in black tank top. 
Um, <laughs> tell the truth. Don't lie. We're we're amongst friends and family here. Tell the truth. You guys were hoping when Brock came back, it was going to be an AEW, right? Honestly, no. Like I, I thought I was so I don't glad. Believe it. I, I was so <laughs> glad he came back to WWE because here's the thing with Lesnar: would he? He would be good for AEW on a sheer number, on a short term, sheer Papa number type of scenario. But I don't think Lesnar is good for that locker room. He's oh. not. AEW is all about the 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 culture of the locker room. Yep, everyone, yep. everyone vibes there. It, it, it's laid back. You know, <sighs> Lesnar is a bona fide prize fighter. He's there for the money. I I, I think he lo- he likes pro wrestling. You know, I I, I definitely think he respects the business. Yep. He came up under the Undertakers. I think he he gets a lot of flack for not putting people over when I think Lesnar puts over the right people. Oh, when oh yeah, it's definitely. Time. So, yes, so, and, and it spells, matters yes. when he puts and somebody it over, it matters. Yeah, I'm so, right. yeah, I'm so behind that, but I don't think he fits the culture of the AEW locker room. So I was honestly I worried. I yeah. was very worried that they were going to sign him just for the numbers. So I was stoked. Like, I thought that's where the uh, the Lambert angle was going. I thought that's what they were building to, you know, that eventually he's going to bring in uh, Brock Lesnar to be yeah, his guy to I kind of terrorize any of you. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like they were teasing it. I, I'd, I'd be interested to uh, to hear. I, I, I mean, you got to think at some point, a, somebody from AW had to have reached out to Brock Lesnar's camp, oh, yeah. right? At least put a feeler out. Well, yeah. to, for sure, to, yeah. they would have to talk to Paul Heyman because he's he's his real life manager. So yeah. they would definitely have to have spoken to him at some point. Anything. All and right, I, and they I've didn't know Brock was going to be ahead, there. Like, I was going to say it real quick. Did they didn't even know Brock was kind of a surprise from everything that I've heard. Like Roman didn't even know Brock was was coming out. I've oh. heard a few people say that like they you know it was shoot they didn't know if Brock was going to be there. And then like during the match, he just like came he came through to Gorilla and was like you know all right well I'm here you know nice. they didn't know if he was going to make it. So yeah, if that's true, that's pretty freaking cool that they just like pulled that off at the last minute. Yeah. Sneed, we want to see Brock show up on a uh, dynamite. No. And that's the thing, you know, I, I agree with what Chad said, but because uh, one thing I've heard Brock say is that when he comes in, you know, I have no doubt that he loves the business, but I've heard him say, you know, I fly in, I do my match. Mm-hmm. I get out of the ring and leave. I don't have friends there. I don't have, I don't stick around. It's a job. And I just don't feel like that's the culture at AEW. And I don't feel like yeah. he would fit. Of course he would be good for, you know, that one two show appearance where he's going to get the, the, the ratings pop, but I just don't think it was good for the locker room. All right. I'm surprised to hear that, man. I still, I still think you guys are fibbing. If you didn't want to at least see, uh, come out. Yeah, if, we're, take, if we're just talking about uh, yeah. Odie to city one time, if we're talking purely on, let's see a match, like seeing him go against Kenny Omega. I mean, come on like yeah, that. That would be awesome, that, dude. That would, that would be fun, but yeah, it would be long term. Long term, I don't, it wouldn't be good. So you, you know, and this isn't, if this was a company that had been around for 20 years, established itself, but I think Tony Khan doesn't get enough credit for the the chess moves he makes, because when you make a move like that with a company this young, it could be detrimental. You know, they, they have something going very good and, and, you know, little missteps here and there of signing the wrong guy who's going to kind of poison the locker room. That could be detrimental to your overall product in the long term. And yeah. I, th- I think even though my inner fandom is like, oh, my God, could you imagine 
uh, a David versus Goliath, Jungle Boy versus Lesnar. Give yeah. me all oh that. And, and Brock works so good with smaller people too. Yeah. I feel oh, like no. he, does a, he does a really yeah. good job, just like you know, making it believable and you know, making people buy into the you know the David and Goliath situation. You know, and Sneed, Sneed's hard on Lesnar. I, I I tend to like Lesnar, mm-hmm. but but still, yeah, I don't want him in AEW. I agree. Yeah. I don't want him in AEW either. All right, let's hear from a couple familiar voices before we hit the Royal Rumble segment. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Is it weird hearing uh, your own voices uh, or hearing your, your ad on a podcast <laughs> yeah. as you're recording it? Definitely yeah, it was. I, I know you guys love vibing to that every week. Oh, we do. I do we, yeah. we do. We actually do, man. I always mouth the we're, words to it. It puts we're, me we're in the gonna, mood. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's keep podcasting, dude. We're going to get a new one going soon, so we'll have a new one for you guys. Oh, no. Nice. You have to do right. the words. Yeah, I know. Make, make sure it's as smooth as the, uh, and it hits as hard as the, the OG. Yeah, it needs to go down as easy as the other one. That's right. Um, so it's time for the Royal Rumble segment. So this is where uh, I'm going to tee uh, the guys up with, uh, you know, a, a, a quick prompt, and they got 30 seconds to, to give us their take on it. So, Chad, you're up first, man. Tell me who you are most excited to see CM Punk face in AEW. Honestly, I would have to go Kenny Omega. I think if they build that right, Kenny Omega is the ultimate. People love him right now. He he embodies the spirit of AEW. If he is the guy to take that title off of Omega, I want Hangman to be that guy. But as far as just getting a crowd reaction pop, I mean, that feud done the right way could be pretty damn awesome. All right. Comes through with time to spare. All right. Sheena. What's that? I said, I can't argue with that. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it it would be a hell of a match. All right, Sheena, you're up next. What I want you to do (laughs) is, uh, she's already got the prompt. That's why she's giggling right now. I I, kind of, yeah, we'll we'll break kayfabe. I give the guys what their their topic's going to be ahead of time, so that way they can think on a little bit. All right, Sheena, give me your live review on uh, Karrion Cross's new ring attire and uh and entrance oh god i mean i posted it on ig that uh, you know karen came out looking like a sultan demolition love child you know <laughs> i mean this just this just go further proves adam cole right you know that without scarlet without like the theatrical entrance and the smoke and production carrying cross is literally just a guy you know that like they panicked when he didn't move the needle for raw so vince like went into his like boxo gimmicks and recycled a 35 year old gimmick and was like you know we'll, we'll put this mask on this guy you're not taking a shot at Karrion in ring work rate but without all the production he's just create a player number five damn wow. scorching hot wow. nope. <laughs> I don't know I, I've said from the start that I always thought that Scarlet was the real star of that act I don't know well, if I'd go as far as to call Karrion Cross create a player number five so I preface that statement with saying like his in ring work is really good you know but I mean without all the production I mean he just he needs a charisma 
course or something. You know, like yeah, it's just he kind of just doesn't you. have he like Scarlet is his charisma. She is his mystique. She is his yeah. like, you know, draw. And yep. without that, and then they put him I'm, I know we're I'm going over the 30 seconds, yeah, but yeah. I got I gotta speak on this because I did a couple I did a reel and a post about this. So it's obviously I'm really passionate about it. They put him <laughs> in this like crisscross, like BDSM t- type like top. And I'm just going to say, like, Karrion is in amazing shape. Like, I mean, anybody that's in Karrion Cross's physical shape should be proud of themselves. But that kind of gear, like, does not look good on you unless you're, like, either, like, Drew McIntyre, who's, like, humongous, just, like, swole to, you know, high heaven. Or you got to be, like, a Vader type, you know, <laughs> like, that's, like, huggable and big. And I feel like he's kind of, like, right there in between. And the gear just swallowed him and made him look goofy. Mm-hmm. They got to let him be him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's my biggest problem with it. Uh, not to like add on and, and put us over time or anything, but they got to let him be him. I mean, he, he doesn't have to be charismatic. If you watched him in impact and, and his, his indie promos that he would film himself, this guy is, he's got something. He's a Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt type of creative and, you're going to stick this dude in a gladiator Sultan 2.0 outfit. Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> it just felt like it was, it just felt like it was a try hard moment. You know, like they were literally just trying to just throw something at the wall and see what sticks. It didn't seem like it was organic at all. Yeah. We are to, entering the new, new generation. Yeah. Well, yeah. not to, not to add, keep on adding on to this because it's going to go a little bit longer. Sorry, but, uh, Karrion. Yeah. Sorry. But you, uh, you get your moment in the spotlight. We have and that. So that in the interview with uh, Ariel Helwani and uh, Nick Khan, they spoke about a lot of uh, sales and being able to sell. Um, WWE essentially not selling like the actual company, but just like selling it to like promoters and different, you know, types of like advertisers, stuff like that. So like literally everyone has to have a gimmick or something that oh, is, God. is attractive yeah. to, to uh, like, like an advertiser or marketable. Yeah. Marketable. So that's, so you're going to start seeing a lot of uh, people that weren't as colorful or as like, you know, out there, you're toyetic. Gonna, toyetic. You're gonna start. You're gonna see a lot more toyetic people. Um, yeah, popping up there. I can it, see that. You know, and I know. It's, I know it's a business. So yeah, you know, so. I, I'm. I'm not trying to shoot hard on Karrion. I, I like I said, I take everything with a grain yeah. of salt, and I try to have a little fun around here. I'm not being serious, but um, it, it didn't do it for me. But, That's uh, not yeah. it. Other than that, he's just <laughs> he's just Goldberg. Essentially, what? Light, yeah, essentially, essentially what Nick Khan saying. We're entering a downtime. Yeah, like, yeah. Mean, this is going to be a period that we look back on and be like, man, remember that? Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, Sneed, uh, Sheena, Marco, and Chad are doing their best to kill the Royal Rumble gimmick. So let's get, get us back on track, man. <laughs> we got uh, we got three gigantic free agents kind of floating out there right now: Adam Cole, Bray Wyatt, and uh, Daniel Bryan, or uh, you know, Brian Danielson, as I, as I guess he's going to go by going forward. Who would you most like to see show up at All Out? Okay, so since all three isn't an option, I'll have to pick one. And I'm going to go Adam Cole. Mm. I think Daniel Bryan's going to be good for the Arthur Ashe show, and Bray Wyatt's going to be good when he shows up at around Halloween. Adam Cole, I want to see, I'm going to fantasy book the show, you know, riding the wave of him just being on WWE TV and then coming over, I want to see Omega beat Christian and then Adam Cole comes out and Kenny Omega, Adam Cole have a stare down in the ring and then it goes off the air. Huh. That would be pretty cool. I like I, that. I, my one request on that is that Adam Cole shows up 
in the stand, like in the audience, in a puffy white shirt, like Lex Luger on the first episode of Nitro. Man, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. With the hands on the hips, yeah, the hands on the hips. I just, yeah, that's the only thing I want to see is just a, you know, a little nod to the, you know, the old time fans with some with some acid wash jeans. Yeah. All right, Marco, you're up next, man. We've really barely touched on it, which just goes to show you what an amazing weekend of wrestling it was what was the best match at takeover 36 oh boy i I almost went with uh i did love the cameron grimes uh la night uh match just because of the you know him winning the title but you have to give it up to uh dragon off and and walter that they beat the living shit out of each other i'm not even gonna hold back on that one they if you if you (laughs) see the first the first match that was on tv um Mm -hmm. that was just a preview of what they did um, on pay-per-view and it it definitely stole the show right yeah it was a hell of a match uh behind the scenes news sounds like there's a ton of people that are wanting walter to go ahead and move up to the main roster of nxt and i'm ready to see him on raw or smackdown going at it with some of those guys but we know uh walter's kind of adverse to going uh to moving to america full-time so yeah. that's gonna be a bit of a hiccup all right, Sheena, you got the uh, the main event of, of, of the Rumble. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, boy. All right, we scored <laughs> tickets today, some prime seats to AEW's Norfolk, Virginia debut on November 17th. Yeah. Who are you most excited to see live? I mean, this will be my first live wrestling event since uh, September 2019. I went to SmackDown at the historical Norfolk Sculpt. Um, so I'm, I'm so hyped. I'm really looking forward to seeing Hangman, you know, the home state hero here. Um, and... I don't know. I hope something crazy happens for him since he's in Virginia. But I, I mean, since it's my first AEW show, I want to see like the Bucks. I'm super excited to see, you know, I, obviously it's in November, so we don't know what the storylines will be or who, who will be featured. But Darby, um, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. I'm excited to see everybody. I just want to I want to be at an <laughs> AEW show and feel the AEW energy because it'll be my first time I'm popping my AEW cherry. I'm stoked. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be gonna fun. be awesome. We're looking forward to it. All right. Let's have a drink. All right, it's time for the weekly beverage break. We'll let our guests go first. Chad, what are you drinking tonight? Drinking a West Sixth Brewing IPA from Lexington, Kentucky. I got it on a trip. Oh, yeah. Went back, hung out in Lexington, went up to Cincinnati. Uh, Anytime I go anywhere outside of the state, I got to go hit the local breweries, get some beers, bring them back, try them out. All right, Sneed, how about you? Yeah, it's a little boring on my end. I'm, I have some mineral enhanced purified water. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you got your drip stick over there, dude. <laughs> yeah, all this yeah. talk. I had to go get my water. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a little drive after the show, so couldn't really crack any. Hey, listen, yeah, I, I don't. Water is great. I, I respect that. Seth always boos me. I'm, you didn't even get the boo. Um, Seth always boos me when I have a sober show. So <laughs> you're, you're, he must like you more than he likes me. <laughs> Marco, what are you drinking, man? I am. Uh, started off with a uh, Eleven Wrestling earlier in the night, and now I'm sipping on a uh, a uh, the the classic, the classic IPA. Uh, Steve the only Austin's, IPA. Yeah, Steve Austin's Broken Can't go Skull. Wrong. What yeah. IPA? <laughs> Get your ass down the road. Shana, what are you drinking? I am also, I'm not drinking a Broken Skull IPA, but I am having an IPA. It's called Power Moves uh, IPA by Aslan Beer Company. Um, really good. Uh, 
you know, it's kind of it's kind of citrusy, not too not too hoppy. You know, if it's I'm juicy. getting like, yeah, it's a little juicy. So uh, it's it's good stuff. Highly recommend. Nice. Yeah, I'm drinking a Guinness Baltimore Blonde. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the traditional Guinness Stout unless it's like so cold that it hurts your teeth. Um, but yeah, the the Baltimore Blonde is pretty good. It's nice crispy ale, uh, and it's solid. Uh, so I think with the beverage break out of the way, we're going to bid adieu to the Turnbuckle Tavern. Um, Chad Sneed, remind the guys or remind the listeners where they can uh, can find you guys. Sneed. So, yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at Turnbuckle Tavern. You can find us on Twitter at T-Buckle Tavern. Find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And you can go over to our YouTube channel. Make sure you guys are subscribing there. Click the bell because we go live all the time. Don't want to miss some of those shows, especially Fig Night. There's always uh, always something to give away there. So if you're watching the live stream, you can catch some free figures. Yeah, and definitely check out their Pro Wrestling Tees shop over on Pro Wrestling Tees, obviously. Uh, Turnbuckle Tavern. They have some amazing t-shirts over there. So definitely show some support to our guys over at the Tavern. And you guys, thank you so much for coming on. It was such so much fun. I love all the crossovers we get to do with you guys. Um, and I'm I'm so glad that we finally got you guys over here on the Chick Foley show. Thank you guys for having us. Always a blast having you guys on our show. Glad we could finally come on. And just a shout out to the Fig God. We want you on the debate, buddy. Like we're, <laughs> we're coming, we're coming for you soon, man. Uh, your time is now. He'll be, your time st- yeah, he'll now. be stoked to hear that. All right, thanks, guys. Shane, we got some listener mail this week. Oh yeah. All right. Our first question comes in from Zach Hertzler. He says, if WWE brings back the gimmick Battle Royal, who do you want to win? I'll kick it to you first, Seth. Uh, For me, there's only one answer, and it's got to be the gobbledygooker, man. He's the yeah. all-time gimmick wrestler. So, yeah, that, that, that's an easy one. <laughs> what about you, uh, Marco? Damn. Uh, you you stole mine. Um, let's see. We'll get, you know what? Since, since he's, like, kind of back in the... Uh, in the Twitterverse, I'm gonna go with Adam Bomb. Maybe he can uh, mm. come back and throw some uh, th- some of those Nerf bombs into the crowd and and uh, hopefully win that gimmick battle royal. But yeah, be oh, he's not cool. gonna do that because he's charging like eighty bucks for those on That's eBay right. right now. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a, he'll go and uh, actually confront each person that caught one and uh, try to get money from them when they catch it. So maybe that that will definitely happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the gimmick that never was. I'm gonna go with the Shockmaster. I want to see the I want to see the Shockmaster have his uh, have his moment in the in the sun, you know, since he was kind of doomed from the start. Um, the next question is, is uh, you know, it's kind of I think it's kind of a rhetorical, but it comes from Sam uh, Rosenthal. He says, if Celebrity Deathmatch ever comes back, do we get Tony Khan versus Vince? I would I would love to see that. I think that would be freaking hilarious. Funny. For those of you who don't know, uh, Celebrity Deathmatch was uh, on MTV back in the day, and it was like claymation style wrestling you know there was like celebrities and they would wrestle and sometimes they'd wrestle real wrestlers and stuff so yeah i wonder if it's uh streaming anywhere because that was a it was a, it had a serious cult following back in the day oh yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was fun oh, i, I don't that. know i I, can't, I don't remember i mean i watched it back then but uh you know looking back on it through this this 35 year old lens or however old i am i don't even know um i can't remember how uh pc it actually oh, no, was it back then so it was, I, can't, it PC, I can't no. imagine you know i don't know if it would stream anywhere but Anyway, Celebrity Deathmatch, look it up. I'm sure they had the episodes on YouTube for those of you guys who are too young to remember Celebrity Deathmatch. Uh, Jay Bone, John Swallow from the Coming Down the Aisle podcast says, who is the greatest wrestler to never 
hold a world title? I'm going to start with you, Seth. <sighs> Greatest wrestler to never hold a world title. Um, I'm going to say Scott Hall, man. I think Scott oh, Hall. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah. He, huh. he was the coolest, awesome worker, awesome character, great promo. Uh, yeah, I go Scott Hall. Marco, wow. you got anything different? Greatest wrestler, huh? Uh, I have to go with Piper on that one too. I think he's even though he didn't need it. Yeah, um, I, I would love to have seen him with the title as a heel, and uh, you know, basically bragging about how great he is and how he's the best, the the greatest champion of all time, and all that type of stuff. That would have been pretty cool to see. But yeah, yeah. either him or Jake the Snake, but definitely uh, Roddy Piper. I think Owen Owen should have had a, a world title at some point, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like he was he was deserved. So I'm gonna go with Owen. Um, let's see. Oh, Johnny JB says, "Have you all watched Dexter? If not, what are you waiting for?" Of course, we watched it. I can't. I can't. I can speak for myself and Seth. Marco, do you watch? Have you watched Dexter? I haven't watched. Is the news? Is he like the re? What do you, what would you no, call I haven't like watched. Remake? I don't know if the reboot is like out yet. Yeah, or anything. Reboot, I haven't been yeah. tracking on that. But if you're talking about vintage Dexter, yes, yes Seth and I used I've to watched, watch vintage yes. Dexter all the time. Yeah. And the awesome way they botched show. that ending was just uh, yeah. they killed Dokes way too early, man. They yes. should have saved Dokes. That should have been the finale of the whole series. Is Dokes tracking down Dexter? But they burnt yeah. through that in freaking season two. And they two. burnt through the Trinity Killer too, dude. Like that. Yeah, that, that would have been freaking, another good yeah. end to it. But was yeah, that the Trinity Killer was that John Lithgow? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was such a good. It was such a good angle and it was like so i, I don't know I, it just you yeah, know that, awesome. that whole season those were okay you know what i mean like they they wrapped them up nicely but yeah the ending like that was before game of thrones just completely like crushed my heart with their with their botched ending um dexter yeah. was probably my my most hated series finale of of all time so mm-hmm. yeah the the first couple of seasons of dexter are excellent tv viewing beyond that you kind of really got to suspend your disbelief but as wrestling fans we have a lot of practice doing that so uh, no, no worries. Next question comes in from in ring art. Our buddy, uh, Justin Frank just opened his Etsy shop, by the way. So if you follow at in ring art on Instagram, uh, definitely grab some, uh, you know, one of a kind drawings from his Etsy shop. Good stuff over there. He says the house is on fire. You got time to grab five wrestling figures. Oh. What do you say? <laughs> so go I'll, I'll go Hasbro Bret Hart. Okay. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Defining Moments, HBK. Okay. I'm going to go the all-white Seth Rollins from SummerSlam 2015. Mm-hmm. Good shout. I'm going to go WrestleMania Six Ultimate Warrior. Okay. And this is tough, man. I think I'm going to go with my custom Chick Foley figure. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks for putting me over. What about you, Marco? <laughs> oh, man, that's that's rough. Um, dang. Definitely definitely my uh, LJN uh, Warrior um, and the LJN JYD. So that's two figures. Uh, definitely the WrestleMania 6 Ultimate Warrior, like Seth said. That's, a, that's a, definitely a keeper. Um, the last two have to be Cody figures, right? Oh my god! Yeah, at first, I was going to say, I was going to say, oh, well, five Cody figures, of course. Duh. So that's what I was going to go with. All five, and of you, them. yeah. And the and cool the, thing is, the, you could pick five that have been released in the last three months. Yeah, so that's I was what say, I mean. the, the other ten Cody figures are looking at those ten, like, what did he have that we didn't have? You know, how did they get to be rescued? Um, 
That's really hard. I have to really think about that. But yeah, that's those are my three anyway. I'm going with all of my my Mad Reaper figures. There's a little there's a few over five, but you know, everything else can be replaced. Everything else was kind of yeah, made on, on a grander ones. scale. But yeah. uh these are all one of one Mad Reaper custom, you know, pieces of art. So I'm gonna grab my elites, my Raven, my Gangrel, um Denim Bret Hart. Yeah, my denim, my freaking Kick Can- Foley in ring gear, Canadian God, uh, you know, <laughs> Bret Hart, and my my ring my ring gear Chick Foley. So I'm gonna grab my my Mad Reaper figures and get those out of there because they they cannot be replaced. Um, last question is from Chris Losito. He says, uh, <laughs> with, <laughs> with NXT rumored to get an overhaul, if you got to rebrand NXT, what would you do? Cheers. It would go back to being one hour long on the network and in full sale every single week, including takeovers. I, I have no beef with that answer at all. Marco, any anything to add or? Uh, no. I mean, the, the sad thing is they they're, they don't they no longer have a deal with full sale. So that's not going to happen at all. Oh, um, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I can't add to that. Yeah, de- definitely go back to one hour. Um, I, I wouldn't like to see them be taken off a of TV, but if it if it helps the brand to just go back to, you know, just a network essentially or on Peacock, yeah. then so so be it. If it's going to help the, uh, it grow. The CWC was cool when they first brought it out because it was an improvement over just wrestling in the empty performance center um, that they were doing. But yeah. now the time's gone by. I think the new arena is just kind of oppressive, dude. It's so dark. You mm-hmm. got those tall plexiglass boards like. I don't know, man. I just feel like it's kind of depressing. Whereas full sale was super bright. The crowd was like right there on top of the action, being loud as hell. Yeah. Um, that's what's missing, man, is that that full sale magic that they had. Yeah. I agree one hundred percent. That wraps up our listener mail for this week. Thank you guys so much for sending those in. All right, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find us on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. You can join our Foley fam, get in on all the Patreon fun, get in on all our bonus episodes over at ChickFoleyShow.com. And as always, you want to make sure that you're following at Pod Foundation to make sure you're keeping up with all of the amazing content, wrestling content that we have for you guys over there. All right. And remember, use code Chick Foley at ringsidecollectibles.com to save 10%. And we are giving away unmatched Series 1 Miro uh, to one of our lucky Patreons this week. So join up if you have not already. Marco, give us the closing words on episode 142. Oh, man. Since I'm I'm still technically the reigning defending Chick Foley (laughs) show prediction champion on this show, obviously not in the Picks League, um, same as always. Acknowledge me. Wow.